Hello, and welcome to back to another episode of Fluxtapose, the 104th, if you're counting. And if you are counting, I'm very proud of you and slightly impressed. Recording to you on Leap Day. Yes, an extra day of the year, February 29th, 2016. I am Jason, joined with me, as always, because he gets paid to, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hello, everyone. I get paid for every appearance I make. It's true. You don't really make many appearances, though. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> but when I do, I demand that there be cheeseburgers. Ooh, so that's that a good payment favorite. option. I like that. Yes. I like that. Don't try to work out oh. the, the exchange rate, though, because it's confusing. Okay. All right, deal. Welcome again, as I said, to this episode. This is Flux to Pose. Yes, you are listening to Flexipose. Again, that's Flexipose, so if you are not supposed to be listening to that show, get out now because <laughs> you're you're gonna get sucked in and you're gonna wanna listen to us every week if you continue. So uh if you did intend to be here, well thank you for joining us. Let's let's lend us your ears, let's sit back, we're gonna do a little podcast here for you for the next hour and, and then some. We're gonna have a good time. You know, we're about we're about camaraderie here and, and geekdom and other mm-hmm. things, your weekly di- your weekly digest of nonsense. That's what we bring to you here. Yes, here at the old Fluxtapose channel, podcast network, world, Emporium. headquarters, Emporium, Magoo. Well, well said. Thailand. I I'm I... just rambling with words now. <laughs> it's like the end of the show at the beginning of the show. It's like yeah, it's like a Bizarro episode. It's like that Whoa. episode of Seinfeld that started at the end and and ended at the beginning. We work our way back. Does that mean we're going to start with mm-hmm. the community grab bag, or, or we're just <laughs> right, yeah? And then every <laughs> and then after uh, after every segment, we say and before that, and then we do the next segment, and it, and just, it would keep going that way. I like it. On that's and on. A, that and sounds on like a challenge. On. It is. It is. Uh, not much of a docket for you, folks. We have. Hey, we've been doing the show for two years, and we finally named the beginning segment. We call it IRL. How yes. fitting! That's yes. finally happened. IRL. What you plan? Overclocked remix. A Netflix reminder, maybe a little discussion topic, and a community grab bag. That's the show. Ooh. That's what you got on the docket Ooh. I like No it. appeal. Just just my, my own, own sin. So what there you go. Gorgeous in session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, boy. Absolutely. That's it, man. That's it. That's what we got. That's how we roll. Thanks for again. I'm going to say it a bunch of times. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to a podcast that we produce called Flux Pose. So let's begin the show with a little IRL talk. Yes. I um. Well, you know, I've I've always been a quite a budget gamer, mm. and I've wanted to play a few games for a while. And I was like, I don't, there's so many games I want to play and that I want to buy. I don't really have money to throw away on these. So. Gamefly, you can get a free trial. So guess what? Free trial Gamefly activated. I have a reminder in my phone to deactivate it before I get charged. And nice. uh, yeah, I think I ordered the game on Friday, and I got it today. I got uh, a Link Between Worlds for 3DS. Ooh. So looking forward to playing that. I fired it up and played like maybe 10 minutes um, after work today just to get a little sense of it. But uh, I doubt, I, I, I kind of had the intention of it just to play this game. <laughs> I really don't think I, I'll get through, you know, another another game in just one month's time. So, yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. I guess I'd be interested in possibly doing something like that in the future. But I, it's like, you know, $15 a month. I'm 
supposed to be cutting out monthly fees, so I probably won't not right now at least. I know you've had uh you kind of had a well most of the people I've talked to about it have kind of a poor experience with it. Just that you know you never could seem to get the games you wanted, and then yeah, the new ones were not as much of an issue as like a back catalog when I wanted to get something that came out a couple of years ago, and they only have right. like five discs lying around, and some guys like got it forever, and you'll never see it. Yeah. I, I did, someone else had stated too that it seems like when games you ask for during your trial period, you get right away, and then not so much afterwards, but I wouldn't be obviously surprised. this this game is a couple years old, so it should, shouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, I've got cool. till like March 27th, and then I'll deactivate it. Uh, freezer meals. You did this too. Yes. Have well, you had one? Sort of. Have you had one yet? No, uh, not yet. We, uh, uh, because of things that happened tonight, we ended up just going out to eat because lately we've, oh. I feel like we've been eating at like 7.15, which is the worst for us because 7.30 is Isaac's bedtime routine start. Oh, geez. So, yeah, we haven't really had a lot of time to, like, we planned out some stuff and then mm-hmm. we uh, didn't stick to that plan because of uh, life. But we, I know Danette's used cause there, we have a lot of extra leftover seasonings and stuff from the wild tree, uh, freezer meal experience. Uh, yeah. and I know she used the taco seasoning and she really liked, I even, I commented, I'm like, what did you make? That smells really freaking good. And, uh, <laughs> she's like, Oh, I used the taco seasoning. And then we also used, um, the seasoning uh one of the seasonings for the fish and that was really good as well very fresh tasting oh cool so 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 we've we've sampled but we haven't had one of our freezer meals yet i think we're doing that wednesday so for those uh unfamiliar uh, wild tree is a i guess they're mostly an ingredient slash like spice provider but my wife is a representative for them and um the main thing she wanted to do she's not you know, I mean, yes, it is kind of like a, a multi-level marketing type thing, but she's not approaching that from the standpoint of, hey, I'm trying to sell you this stuff. She's trying to offer a um, time solution for people. So the, the main th- appeal that she wanted to do it and why we got involved is they have a, a freezer meal um, package, I guess I'd like to say. So you order the ingredient kit from Wild Tree, and it comes with all the spices and everything you need, and then you buy the the proteins and the vegetables that go with it, and then you prepare them all and they go into a one gallon freezer bag and then you freeze it and then you just got to cook it and you're good to go. So yeah, uh, we, I made the Tuscan pork chops tonight, which was uh, two pounds of pork chops. And then uh, you kind of made like a, uh, I guess like a Tuscan Italian style garnish that goes with it, which is like red onions, uh, cherry tomatoes, um, olive, um, the oil, the, the Italian seasoning, and then um, artichokes. I'll go with it and you bake it. It's really, really good. The pork chops um, turned out awesome because you kind of make a marinade out of yeah. the oil and the seasoning. So definitely recommend that. Um, but the, the main appeal is this. You get, you know, you're going to get 10 meals out of the one kit and you get four to five servings per, me- per meal. So it comes down to like you should be getting like 350 to $4 per serving. So it's a really cost-effective time-saving option for people that are, you know, have trouble kind of what's for dinner, you know, time crunch thing. So yeah. looking forward to it, especially, actually, you know, with us. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we actually split ours into two different bags per meal. So we actually got 20 out of the whole deal. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah, because, like, for us, you know, I still have, like, five, because we, you know, I got uh, butterfly pork chops, and you cut them mm-hmm. into, I cut them, I have them all, so I got, like, five, oh, yeah. five pork chops left. So, for us, we should get two to three meals per meal. So, I mean, we're going to get, yeah, probably 20 meals out of that. So, it's like, oh, I don't worry about cooking dinner for, like, because we might just have a lot of freezer meals for every meal this week. And it's like, <laughs> oh. You know, don't worry about cooking for two weeks, which is awful. Well, you do, but I mean, you don't worry about, oh, what you am I going to make? You got to find the yeah. recipe. Yeah, it's just nice not to do all the prep work. So that's that. Some food talk. And uh, Droid Cam. Okay, so I've already told you about this, but this is kind of interesting. On my, um, I think I mentioned it on the show last week that I'm doing, I'm joined up with the Play Some Video Games crew, and uh, they have a podcast to go along with their site, and I, I kind of will rotate as the fourth wheel on that with some of the other guys. So, you know, I'm only probably do podcasting on there once every three or four weeks or so, but you know, they, uh, I'll do it through a Google hangout and they're all doing, you know, a video chat during, uh, the recording. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But I don't have a webcam. And I was like, kind of, it is kind of nice when you're talking to people. I kind of wonder how that would affect our show too, just being able to see one another. But, yeah. um, I was like, there's gotta be a, a solution. I've got this smartphone. There's gotta be some sort of solution. So I just did a quick, Google search and came up. There's an app called Droid Cam, and sure enough, it there's a it's a free version, four dollars I think for premium, and it just through Wi-Fi it turns your phone into a camera. And so I just propped my phone up at the bottom of my monitor. My computer instantly found it, and boom, it was working in a Google Hangout. There's my phone camera. So kind of a fun solution. I'm interested to test it with you a little further to see um, just how effective it is, and maybe with the the paid version where you can use USB as an option and some other things. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a little. You know, a little more responsive. I did notice, like, when I got notifications, it would kind of, sometimes it would lag the the camera a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, if anyone else has any experience with that, uh, let me know. But otherwise, we'll talk about that a little again, a little bit more later on the show. And uh, that's 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 all my updates I got for you there. Oh, well, sounds Quick very good. Quick and dirty. Uh, sounds very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I only have, like, one real update, and it happened today, randomly. Uh, so I've talked to you a little bit about our search for a new vehicle. We have a growing family and, uh, we, well, we find ourselves often needing a truck to haul things and stuff. So we're kind of looking for a solution that kind of bridges everything together. So the SUV, the old American standby, uh, has, has kind of become our target and we, we've been looking and, uh, today we actually went and looked for, or looked at a Craigslist ad in person. The first one that we'd looked at. Oh, okay. Uh, it is a, it was a 2002 Nissan Pathfinder. So nothing brand new or anything, but, uh, we had a certain budget in mind and, uh, that's kind of what we were looking to stay within. Uh, that's kind of the point of a budget, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, that kind of limits your options, just options, especially in that category, because SUV resale values tend to be pretty high. Um, so, we, yeah, Jeeps you, and SUVs especially have. Uh... Yeah, any of that utility, um, really, like any truck, any utility vehicle seems to have that um, kind of added. I guess you would call fee sort of, uh, applied to it. And so we went and checked out this car, uh, and, uh, you know, it looked pretty promising. I've always, it's funny. I've always had Nissan cars. I had a Nissan Maxima. I have a (laughs) Nissan 300 ZX 
And so, uh, which both uh, ended up being the same color too, weirdly enough. Um, so we checked it out. The people were really nice. It's always a question, you know, are you going to get some weirdo who's like right. going to lure you into his basement or whatever? Or her basement. I mean, uh, <laughs> I will be equ- equality there. Um, so we checked it out. And, you know, SUVs are kind of a new thing for us. Neither of us have driven one uh, very, very often. And so... Uh, we checked it out. We looked it over. We took it for a test drive, put it out on the highway. I, I mean, I've looked at a couple of Craigslist cars before, and um, you kind of get into, uh, all right, this is what I forgot to do last time, so I'm going to check this time mm. type thing. Yeah. So we, we gave it the once over, and uh, you know the deal was really good. I felt pretty confident about the car, did not like it, and uh, we actually decided that we were going to purchase it. So Awesome. Yeah, we finally have uh, that done and over with. It's kind of funny that it, we're buying it from a family that is basically like 10 years down the road from where we are right from now. <laughs> and they bought this car where we were at, where we are right now. And they oh, actually wow. ended up selling it about the time, the same time frame as they bought it around this time of the year. So it was really, huh. it just really kind of all the planets aligned on that one, apparently. I, so, because I know you guys were looking at a Buick before that. How many miles did this end up having on it? Uh, 147. So, okay. Fairly low for what we were. Lo- I knew it was, I mean, when you're looking for an SUV and you're, you have a price point under five grand, that's pretty much what you're coming to expect a lot of them even were upwards of two hundred thousand. so when i saw this i was a little curious because you know too low of miles and you wonder all right was this just driven around the city and sitting at stoplights all day which can be bad for a vehicle um the higher mileage it gets up and uh vehicles like to be ran they need to get their blood blood pumping so to speak every once in a while um but this one kind of had that sweet spot where it seemed like they've driven it enough that it'll be it'll be okay, but not so much that it was all wear and tear, and we were gonna have to we were gonna end up paying for it later. Uh, and so yeah, we just I said you know what they he, the guy told me they had a lot of offers like as soon as he posted it, which didn't surprise me. And right. um, so we talked about it, and I said, hey, I don't I don't want this to be a thing where we look over the the few small problems that we have with it, you know, just minor cosmetic things. And, uh, I mean, with this being such a good deal, it's what we want. It's what we're looking for. The inside's nice. So let's, uh, let's just do the deal and not look a gift horse in the mouth, I guess. So, uh, you know, it, it always seems like it ends up that way. We're not like when we got our washer and dryer, we walked in thinking we're just going to look at their, their, uh, refurbished section and probably won't buy anything. (laughs) We bought something that day. Same thing with the car. It's like just ends up that way, but so far it's worked out and I've had good luck with Craigslist so far. So, uh, hopefully that continues. And, uh, yeah. So now finally we won't be driving around a car that loses tire tire air pressure every oh, like three that's, days seems like that's always been the problem with that car yeah uh, we we know we know what it is it's just you'd have to buy new rims for it and it's for the rims right that, yeah yeah that's right for a car that old that's not really worth it unless you go to a junkyard yeah. or something so. so are you guys gonna be keeping that one or for now both yeah yeah for now we're gonna three keep vehicles it. for now yep and uh i mean i probably won't end up driving it that much but just in case i need to go somewhere with Isaac I can now and so yeah so yeah uh pretty big pretty big thing for us I mean it's it's another one of those 
large purchases where you're just like, Oh God, I hope I made the right decision. This, this may lead our lives down a very frustrating path. It just kind of depends on how it, how it turns out. But yeah, hopefully it's mechanically sound and you don't have any issues like that. And yep. And it's done and over with, and now we have a a different vehicle. So yep, (laughs) it's, it's done. And I, I don't it's have to keep done. looking. You can you can really Good. get into kind of a freaking like if you look at cars on Craigslist, it kind of becomes like a weird hobby in a in a weird way just to see all everything that's out there. It, it kind of you kind of can fall down a rabbit hole of just looking through all the cars that are listed on there. It's weird. So it's all done. It's all done, Jason. Well, good. Good for you. Thank you. Good Thank for you, you both. Thank you. We we appreciate your good words i don't know why don't you tell me about what you're playing do i have to do it fast yes as fast as that just went which means like you have the micro machines commercials <laughs> yes yes i can't believe uh. that guy did that i mean that's <laughs> what he did man that was his thing bucks. it was his thing all right, so what you playing? I have uh, dug into the old backlog finally, so I haven't. I may have talked about it on the show here before. I have the worst memory, guys. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. So every time uh, I do this, I probably I pretty much r- routinely don't remember everything I say on the previous episode. So uh, feel free to correct me anytime. But uh, I I have <laughs> recordings in the works, but uh, it's gonna be a segment for the Fluxtapose YouTube channel. It'll be called uh, Backlog Diaries, and it's a, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be footage. It might be, you know, the the entire playthrough experience of a game, but it could be just random, you know, me picking up a game I haven't touched in a year and trying to remember how to play it. So you might see bits and pieces of games. So you might see the whole thing, but it's going to be a way for A, um, to keep me honest, I think a, an entertaining way to, to get through some of the backlog. So uh, a long while back, you might remember me talking about uh, Tiny and Big. Grandpa's Leftovers, a game yeah. I've gotten for the Humble Bundle that I tried to play, and I couldn't even get past the uh, opening screen. So, again, I'd pick this back up, and uh, running it in compatibility mode for Windows 7 did the trick. So, I'm actually able to play it. I think I'm like, if, I, if I'm if I, what the game screen shows me, I think there's only like six levels to this game. It's not very long. I think hmm. it's really just about the physics uh, manipulation that take place in the game. You have like um, a different array of gadgets at your hand. Like you have a, a cable that you know, a hooking cable you can attach attach to objects and p- to objects, so you can pull them. You can push objects. Um, you can cut things in half or any way you want. Really, you can just with this laser beam. And then you have like a little, like, it's almost like a little proximity mine. You attach to the objects and you it, it, it's a rocket and it launches them. So there's a bunch of uh, little things you have to do to get through the game, and you play as tiny trying to reclaim your grandfather's lost underpants. Um, it's very kind of like bizarre setting, bizarre characters. Um, but it's got really cool music. It's got a cool uh, visual aesthetic, and it's it's been fun to play. I'm looking forward to finishing it off. Um, I jumped back into Triforce Heroes with some of my oldies crew on the old Discord server, helped them uh, finish off the levels that they hadn't played. And I hadn't played that game in a bit, and um, you know we... we we got. Uh, I think we played like the last two levels. We beat the game for them, but it's just, it is just a fun game. I, I I do kind of feel like I. I mean, there's no rewards to do it otherwise. Just feeling good about yourself. But I kind of want to go through <laughs> and each level has like a challenge. You know, pop all the balloons, beat it in 30 seconds, things like that. I kind of want to yeah. go through and do all the challenges for every level just to earn it. But 
it is a fun game. I mean, when you're playing, especially when you can voice chat with people, it is um, a lot more. I mean, a you're a lot more successful, but b it's just it's a really fun game. Uh, I think it, I think it got passed over by a lot of people because it's just kind of like this not a real Zelda game, and it, uh, you know it's like oh Nintendo's got their crappy you know no voice chat it just has these emote communications. But right. you know, so, and I've said this before, but solving those like puzzles when you're only using the emote communications does give you a real rewarding feeling. So um, it's a really cool. I still really like the game. It's got cool music. It's, it's you know, cooperative Zelda. So it's fun. And then I, uh, I plunged into uh, some of the demos that I haven't touched and I, I downloaded um, like, you know, fire emblem fates is really big right now. I've got their, um, their cause there's like two ver there's the fates and there's the two offshoots. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, gosh, I don't even want to say, I can't even think of the names now, but there's like two other, ex- there's like two just separate expansions for the game too. And that just came out. So um, I was like, oh, I haven't ever, really ever played a Fire Emblem game. So I downloaded the demo for Fire Emblem Awakening, but I haven't played that yet. But I have played um, Super Mario Brothers Dream Team. Um, it's in the the family of, like most recently they launched Super Mario Brothers uh, Paper Jam. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. It's kind of like, it's got like RPG elements and um like this quirky real-time battle but you control like mario and luigi at the same time and luigi kind of follows mario but you have to like they jump independently like a makes mario jump and b makes luigi so you navigate the overworld but then you like if you run into an enemy then it engages a battle sequence and then you have like different attacks you can do with timing sequences to order like maximize the damage like you have a hammer attack and then when you swing the hammer you know they bring it back over their head and there's like this lens flare type animation if you hit the A button right then, then you do more damage, or enemies attack, you have to jump to dodge them, or if you jump just right, you can land on them and do damage like that, or, and then they have, like, the brothers have, like, these team-up attacks, and you have to do certain timing sequences, or aim things by tilt- tilting the, the 3DS. Uh, really cool game. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I know uh, Paper Jam kind of got mixed reviews, but as I've never played any entry in the series, I'm looking forward to kind of checking them out, so... Uh, Super Mario Brothers Dream Team. I think I got like get like twelve. You can launch the game like twelve times, and it came with like a normal world experience, the dream world experience, and then on like a, a couple boss fights too. So, uh, pretty fun game. So it definitely made me want to check it out sometime down the 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 line. And mm-hmm. that's really all I played. I I haven't played a whole lot. Um, looking for, like I said, I'm you know I'm looking forward to doing this the backlog diaries and. Maybe I'll stream sometimes too, even though my setup has been really a pain in the butt for streaming. But <laughs> who knows, you know? Or maybe I'll even open up my backlog for uh, you know a listener's choice for what I play next. So Ooh. I'm kind of curious though if I can go back now and I can try to do that same compatibility mode with uh, Penny Arcade Rain Slick. Yeah. And see if it's just you know a Windows 10 issue is why I was having that save problem. So that 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 does it for me. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, mine will be. Hopefully, fairly quick because it's nothing new. Imagine that. Oh, uh, still working my way through Metro Last Light. Uh, it's very similar to the first game, really. There's, I mean, you're going through those tunnels, and there's parts where things get kind of hairy. Like I had to wait for a boat to arrive to get across a canal, um, mm. which is kind of you know, you have to ring the bell. And, of course, all these monsters start crawling out of the walls and everything, and you have to defend yourself. It gets a little hectic there, but uh, it's still fun. This one I find they give you a little bit more ammo than in the first one. I felt like I ran out of ammo a lot uh, in the first one, so that was a little 
frustrating. And I feel like the stealth work mechanics work a little bit better in this uh, in this version because before they had these really annoying piles of crap that you would step on and it would cause like glass breaking noises and stuff like that. But you could never see them really to avoid them. And I think they did away mm-hmm. with that because it like there could be a guy across the room and if you stepped on that, it would be alert. He would be alerted. So it got really annoying. It's like, how the hell am I supposed to stealth if I have to like watch where I'm going constantly? So right. it's been it's been pretty fun. I, I'm enjoying it. And uh, like I said, I'm just kind of working my way through it, which is about as good as I can say about any game, because normally I'll play it for a little while and then put put it down and pick something else up. So yeah. um, hopefully I can get through it pretty quickly. Uh, the other thing, the other game that I actually beat was Tales from the Borderlands. I only had one episode oh, left. I wonder how far along in that you were, because you've been chipping away at it for a while. So Yeah, yep. So the last episode, uh, which was, I was curious to see how it all was going to play out, because uh, it kind of ended on a cliffhanger there. And uh, it was a pretty interesting episode. That's all I'll say. There was a lot of, a lot of things that made me laugh. Um I did get a little emotional towards the end, uh, but everything's okay. The ending is frustrating because it makes me think they're going to make another one, which I'm sure they are. But it uh, it's one of those uh, you you end up asking more questions than are answered. And so mm, okay. I'm just like, okay, what's next from this then? So, you know, it's, uh, it seems like they've paved uh, or laid the groundwork to uh do a couple more seasons probably so i enjoyed it though it's worth what uh, would you if you had to to, like put a score to it i mean although not even do a score would you recommend oh yes play it or yes even if you don't really like borderlands that's just kind of like the backdrop it's definitely better for people who have played borderlands but Mm -hmm. it's a very character driven piece that i mean they're very likable i will say this though i will say one thing if I had to critique anything about the game, it would be that sometimes, and I've I've seen this in some other games like Saints Row, when they become kind of jokey, sometimes it kind of feels almost like the characters blend together in that sense of humor. For instance, uh, I'll give an example. Uh, Reese, the main one of the two main characters that you play, when he is injured, like say he'll fall from a great height or something like that. The the um, reaction is uh, like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just bleeding from my intestines, you know, and stuff like that, like that type of okay. humor. But it kind of yeah. carries over to everybody in a way. And so it kind of becomes a collective sense of humor as opposed to coming from certain characters. And so I feel like it kind of washes it out a little bit. Whereas it could have probably be probably been more effective to just save for certain ones, but it kind of just, I don't want to say it makes all the characters feel the same, but it just kind of makes everything seem a little silly, which is okay. I mean, Borderlands has kind of always been sort of silly, right? but I would have preferred that it wasn't just everybody. Like it kind of takes, it kind of detracts from any sort sort of sense of danger that there is when people are cracking wise about being shot and stuff like that. It, it just makes it seem a little more comical and less adventure. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to, it's a little hard to explain, but if you've played it, you'll know, I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. So that would probably be my one gripe about it. 
Um, but other than that, it is a great um, it is a great story. It uh, kept me interested. Uh, they cut it really well so that you wanted to know what happened next. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely recommend it to just about anybody who either a likes this type of game or b likes the board uh, tail or uh, Borderlands, not Tales from the Borderlands. That's this game. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend it for sure. Uh, get it on sale though. I mean, I kind of I don't feel like I uh, with a lot of these Telltale games, I usually just wait until they go on sale because they always go on sale. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something that I feel, even though it's five episodes, they're still only like two to three, maybe four hours long. And so there's just something in my brain that tells me I don't want to pay more than like $15 for that. So, yeah, I, yeah. And each one's about $5 a piece per episode if you buy it new. So, hmm. uh, um, okay. and then I, 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 uh, forgot to add this, but I, I remembered that I had been chipping away also at my uh, Star Wars comic collection <laughs> that is literally I, I'm i getting more and more issues that I need to read as opposed to mm-hmm. ones that I've gone through, but I'm still enjoying it a lot. And uh, it I think I just finished the the Vader down um mini story arc or whatever six issue thing and got through that and boy that really makes darth vader look like a badass i was just like dude that guy's got a lot of power there you go i will be i still i've got like three issues at the shop i haven't picked up and i'm fairly certain that i'll be i'm probably just gonna stop my polls yeah just because you know it's you know, I don't want to spend another, you know, twelve, fifteen dollars. I know people you're always saying, Oh, it's only twelve, fifteen dollars, but I've got uh probably like six issues. I don't more than that, just on my floor next to my desk here. I haven't touched yet. I'm just not reading them like I used to. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking with um I think we were talking about this during the Play Some Video Games cast, or maybe I was talking with just Nathan about it too. Um, you know, I wish it had an end in sight. You know, yes. because it takes, you know, for those unfamiliar, like the ones that are reading take place between episodes four and episodes five. So, you know, it's just the more things that happen in between there, the the more out of place they seem. Because, you know, they have, for instance, there's a character that shows up that apparently was married to Han Solo at some point. But that conversation never comes up between, you know, Leia and Han in episode five. And there's, you know, the more detail, just like with the Clone Wars, the animated series, the more stuff you add the weirder and more disconnected it, it'll seem from the films. Yeah. So I just, I, I wish I'd like it if when they started this, it'd be like, okay, it's going to be a 12 issue run or, you know, but now we're at what we're going on. Well, this has been going on for over a year now and you know, it's successful. So I understand why it's going to keep going, but you know, it's just like, I, I wish there was kind of an end an end in sight because it'd be cool that if I had the entire run, but I'm not going to just, uh, that could be a hundred issues. Right. And then it comes to the point of, okay, where am I going to keep all these? Like, I don't have long boxes or anything like that. So where am I going to store all these comics? They're just going to keep piling up. I do plan on, you know, like collecting and looking at the trades and stuff like that. I Wait, I know what you people are thinking. What about Holocron Council? <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Maybe we do like, you know, when we pick up a trade paperback and do an issue based on that or something, you know. So I, I will miss reading comics because they are fun, but you know I just I'm I'm not as into it as I used to be I guess because they're just they're piling up on me man they're piling up. It is hard to it's already hard for me to sit down and read books anyway, 
So to Mm -hmm. actually sit down and read comics, I kind of have to like, I know it's weird to say, but I have to set aside time to do that because I can't just like, I can't just sit on the couch while Danette watches TV and Isaac's making noise and read them. It's, it's, it's kind of difficult for me and I've been that way about everything. So I don't know. I just need, I need nice quiet. I need, uh, you know, to just make a thing out of it. So you you really have to take time and it's hard to find that sometimes. But when I do, I tend to just try and get through like two or three. So yeah, the same thing. When I set aside time, I usually read through all of them. So, um, yeah, it is. It is what it what is. What it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that was it. That was it for me. I'm hoping I need to start a new game or something so I have something new to talk about. But I also kind of like your backlog diaries. I, I need to like get through some things that I've started before I forget what the hell I was doing in them and then have to restart the whole thing. So there you go. I hate well, that. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for the What You Play in portion of the show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Brought mm. to you by, but not really, Audible.com. <laughs> Audible.com. Well, how about we do an Overclocked Remix break, and we'll come back firing in all cylinders. So, okay. kind of didn't quite pay as much attention to this as we should, because it's a um, kind of a, a decent uh, milestone. But uh, this past month, because by the time you listen to this, it'll be March. Uh, the Legend of Zelda had a, a big anniversary. It hit 30, 30 years, I believe. Wow. And yeah, 30 years. And uh, the the actual date, I think it was just a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm just fact-checking myself because I don't quite remember. Uh, yeah, February 21st, 1986 is when uh, Zelda originally launched. So... Um, just a little bit after our last episode. So I thought in honor of 30 years of Zelda, why don't we play another Zelda over, Overclocked remix? And I found one that I really like. It's uh, it's called Link's Epoch. It's by uh, Joshua Morse, who's one of my favorite or favorite remix artists. He's had a couple of songs featured on here in the past, and it comes from uh, A Link to the Past, released on 1991 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, samples the songs, uh, the main Zelda overworld theme, and uh, the theme, Princess Zelda's Rescue. And you can find this uh, particular remix was included on the 25-year anniversary of Zelda they put together. It was called 20, 25-Year Legend, a Legend of Zelda indie game composer tribute. So this was done uh, five years ago. There was a, uh, in honor of the 25th anniversary, there was a, a Zelda album that was created for free, just like any other Overclocked Remix album that you want to check out. So this is a Link's Epoch. It's from, again... Legends of the Link to the Past, and you can find this remix and a couple thousand more at ocremix.org.
all right i hope you enjoyed that remix i particularly always like the the kind of the conga sound that's in there too because it's it's a familiar spin on well i mean everyone knows the zelda overworld theme but i don't mm-hmm. know i just i love the i don't know i can i can i couldn't do this with many remix remixers but with someone with joshua morris i can always he has a, a style and a sound that i always can seem to pick up so it just all makes sense so Again, in honor of the the 30-year anniversary, I thought, you know, okay, let's actually have some conversation that's relative to uh, something that's going on. So I thought, you know, Zelda, we could take a little, take a brief moment here on Flexibles, and we'll talk, we'll talk some Zelda, Lucas. Okay. Um, starting like, what was what was the first first uh, entry in the series you ever played? Uh, that would be the very first one, actually. Uh, okay. The gold cartridge. It intrigued me. Oh man. Back back in the day when you were younger, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother and sister had a Nintendo for a short period of time before it broke or something, and that's why we like. I always remember having the Genesis from then on, but they did have a Nintendo yeah. for a little while. And uh, you know, I I was at the age where I didn't know what the hell I was doing, especially with a game like that. That was like the the peak of Nintendo making games that required you to either uh, like share the secrets on the playground of how the hell to like burn that, that one bush that nobody knows. Like, how would you ever know that unless you had a Nintendo power or something? So, you know, I would just always restart that same level or, you know, restart from the beginning basically and just kind of treat it more like a, um, an old school like Atari game where you just kind of boot it up, start playing, and then you're you're like, mm-hmm. whatever, I'm done. So that play was, here. yeah, just play, play to swing the sword around until you die or whatever, yep. and then you're just like, okay, whatever. You know, I I was kind of the same way too because I I never owned that game, but I you know I had people that did or my mm-hmm. cousins did or, and it was like for my age because I I talked about this a little bit on the the PSVG show I. I had to be like around between eight and ten, probably not. I think it's probably more closer to eight. And a game like that just was a little too advanced for what I was able to, you know, to do. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just didn't quite, uh, wasn't quite ready for something like that. But it, I remember it was fun, you know, because it was so much. It was so much different than everything else was side scrolling, and this one, you know, was overhead. So it was just, it was just different to play. Yeah, and it felt very actiony as opposed to like um, some other games where even if it's a side-scrolling game, you don't really feel a sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. so, like, you had the action. Every screen had different enemies and stuff. And like you said, like it, it, I encountered it so young that it never occurred to me that I should be like mapping out what I'm seeing. Or anything like that. Like the yeah. idea of an overworld of multiple tiled screens creating a, a map didn't really occur to me at all. I was just like, oh, I'm going to shoot the things that shoot rocks out of their mouth or whatever, the tectites, or I don't even remember what they're Octor- called. Octoroks and tectites. Yes. Something like that. So, yeah, I totally, I'm, I'm there with you on that one. And like you said, it looked a lot different. There were, there were quite a few games around that time when I, when I, discovered like the nintendo and all that that uh i had the the um fortune to be able to see a little bit of the different genres that were out there because i remember metroid was around the same time 
um, for mm-hmm. me to be able to play that too. But yeah, there was just something a little bit different about it with the music and the just the action on screen and the sense of adventure was what really captivated me. Like, oh, what's oh, on yeah. the next screen? You know, now we laugh because it's not really that big, but then you were just like, whoa, I can go off the screen and it's a whole nother place. That's crazy. What's this crazy stump that I can walk into? Like this dead tree. What are these places? Why is there a cave here? I need to know. So it was very, um, very fun. Very like adventure games for me before I played like proper adventure games. Huh? Okay. Now, like, yeah. And I, I, I think many people, you know, there's some people that grew up with that. I did eventually, um, I went back and played it. I bought it for the, the DS and one of my, one of my first big boy jobs, I had to work, you know, the night shift on myself a lot. Well, not the night shift, but the later shift. So I would just, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna play Zelda. So <laughs> in between calls. So I, I, I did play through all of it on my DS. So I've had, I have at least played it since then. Um, probably the game that I, I've put the most time into, but never played all the way through is a link to the past. Yeah. Um, you know them, John, John Pontius, John and Russ. Their grandparents would stay in Florida at the same park that my grandparents did, and their grandma was a big Tetris player, so they had a Super Nintendo. So I'd go over there and play Link to the Past on their Super NES when I was down in Florida on vacation. But <laughs> nice, and that's how I played it the most. But other than emulators, you know, I never played a, never owned a Super NES, so I never, you know, had a chance to play the game. I do have it on the Virtual Console now, and I've, I'm, I'm probably like halfway through it. I need to. That's a game that's kind of gone on the wayside too. I'd like to pick back up and play through. But I think for many people, that's like the, and for me, that's, that'll always be like my definitive Zelda game. You know, when I think of Zelda, that's one of the top ones that always comes to memory is, is that game. That and like the, the, the title screen with the whole, the sword, you know, Legend of Zelda with the sword and the waterfall and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely it. It was, like you said, uh, the first one was my first experience with Zelda, but. The A Link to the Past was definitely the one that I put the most time into. And um, that was, I had a similar experience. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but um, the neighbor girl who I, um, like we were best friends until high school, okay. basically, or middle school, uh, we would play Super Nintendo like all the time. In fact, she, she was one of those people who like they got every system it seemed like they had Mm. the nintendo they had the super nintendo they had the nintendo 64 the playstation it was that was how i really got a chance to to check out all those systems and a link to the past was definitely the one that i put the most time into and like you said is the one that i think of when i think of zelda which it's kind of interesting now because a lot of people who are uh, kind of getting into their mid twenties, I would say think more of like the N64 versions of Zelda as theirs. But I think that, I don't know, there was something about a link to the past that updated the first one and just made it better in every way, but kind of stayed to its roots and really just kind of made it sort of the definitive Zelda, I think. In my mind, okay. anyway. Of the 2D era, anyways. Right. I like how, um, like, for me, I the one the first one that I actually played the game in the series that I played all the way through to completion was uh, Link's Awakening on uh, Game Boy Color. Oh, wow. I had, uh, I had that, and um, I played through that, which is very similar to Link the Past, but mm-hmm. slightly different, too. It shares some of the same 
kind of puzzles and same like graphical elements i would say and more like in design but you know it's different different story and like yeah like you brought up probably for many people the n64 variants are what you know that's the definitive zelda for a large percentage of people and now myself i'd never again i'd never i didn't own an n64 my uh my brothers did and that we did occasionally i don't think they ever owned those games but we'd run them and so i play i've played a fair amount of of uh, ocarina of time and a little bit of majora's mask but um at that time they weren't quite my my thing um or my friend uh skip actually had it though and he let me borrow he he wanted me to let me borrow the game and the system because he, I had to, he's like, you got to at least experience the ending of the game. So he gave me, so I had his save file and I played through, you know, the final boss fight and everything like that. So I've, you know, I have seen, seen that aspect of the game, but I do have intentions since, you know, I have the 3DS and they have the, the remakes for the system. I do plan on getting both of those at some point, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, which Ocarina of Time was recently announced that it'll be a Nintendo Select. So it'll be a, I think it's going to get re-released, and it's only going to be twenty bucks because right now that game's like impossible to find. So if you like go on eBay, it's going for like sixty dollars or something like that. So yeah. unless you just buy it digitally, but <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm looking forward to playing through those. Um, and then I had you know I had uh, I had Wind Waker on the GameCube, which I loved, and that I mean that was like a game I played through right when um, you know I was moving out of my 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 mom's place and getting my first apartment. I didn't have internet for a while, so I played a lot of, of Wind Waker, and I did. I did finish that game, and then that's when I stopped again. You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get Twilight Princess when it was on GameCube, and I didn't get it for. I mean, I didn't own a Wii, so I haven't had anything to the Wii U, and there hasn't been a, a Zelda game yet for the Wii U, unless um, you know this. The new Zelda game becomes. I, I everyone kind of feels it's going to go just like GameCube did, and it, it's gonna it's gonna be on the the quote unquote NX as well, or mm-hmm. get pushed the NX. And, now we've got the Twilight Princess HD version uh, coming around, so I do want to. I'm gonna probably snag that so I can actually play it because, man, those motion controls. I, at first, I was like, these aren't bad. Yeah, they are. They're garbo. <laughs> it sucks playing with the motion controls, like having to swing the nunchuck. I mean, the Wiimote every time to use your sword. It's just yeah. a pain in the butt. It's not fun. And Skyward Sword as well. I want to play through that as well. So, yeah, I'm kind of looking to take through a journey down Zelda down Zelda Lane, so to speak. <laughs> Not none of the CGI That's what Link games. Said so. too, by the way, when he was saving the princess. Well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> I was gonna say, notice we haven't talked about um, Zelda two. <laughs> oh, Do you remember the cartoon at all? I I barely remember watching it, but only only a little bit. Only like in the sense that I knew it existed, and I never okay. had a chance to watch it. Now, like I don't know. I I think I like the whole. Um, the idea and the world of Zelda even more than the games. Like, I, even though I'm not so huge into it, but huge into it, I feel like the the Hyrule uh, Historia would be an awesome book to own, just because it has so much in there. Or like, um, there's like a puzzle that's like a Zelda overworld map. That I think I'd love to have. But I mean, I kind of wish though that we would see like there would have been an overall like timeline put together you know back then yeah, when this, the series problem. yeah when this series started you know games and things weren't thought like that and then now you're trying to just like you know what we're talking about with uh like the marvel comics you're you're building out a timeline by wedging things in between other events and that's what's kind of happening with the whole zelda timeline but you know sometimes it, it's an interesting concept i mean for those not familiar there's the 
you know, the, the, the story plays itself out, and then there's a main event, which happens in the Ocarina of Time, is in, you know, if the hero of time is successful, the timeline goes in this direction. If the hero fails and dies, it goes in this direc- direction, and then before he's an adult, when he's still a child, the timeline goes, you know, it, it forks off in so many ways, and then you have standalone games that don't take place anywhere in the series. Like, I mean, you've got Diminished Cap, Oracle of, of Seasons, um can't remember what the companion game is to that right off the top of my head. I don't remember You know, Four Sword Adventures, uh, Triforce Heroes. you got all these splintering effects, but then I think the only games that are actually are direct sequels, you have Wind Waker, and then right after Wind Waker, you have um, Spirit Tracks, and there's one other one, uh, Phantom Hourglass. I think it's Phantom Hourglass, and then Spirit Tracks is the third one. So... Really interesting, and what I like about Wind Waker, though, kind of if you like, it tells you in the intro that it, all the stuff like the link to the past story and like Ocarina of Time is told as a legend. You know, that's a legend that the people believe in, and this this great hero, and then the kingdom of Hyrule and everything is flooded, and you know, Hyrule and everything is actually underneath this world that you're in now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's very interesting, but it's so convoluted and it's such a mess, too. Well, and I'm looking at yeah. a, I'm looking at an infographic thing right now of the timeline. And, like, there's all these names for everything that, I mean, they sound cool, like Legend of the Gods and the Hero of Time, like you were talking about. Yep. Skyward Sword, which is, like, the first game now. Right, right? Skyward Sword yep. is, like, the Skyward first game of the Sword. timeline. And then it tells you a little bit about, like, the story in here. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to go to a game. But then the Minish Cap, then the Four Swords then the Ocarina of Time, and then that's where it splinters off. And if the hero is defeated, the hero is successful, the child era, the adult era, which, like you said, is really cool. But when you do it, like, when you're going back and doing it, like you talked about, it just makes it seem, I don't want to say exploitative, but just kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of it kind of is like Star Wars. Like, because you have this world and you could just constantly keep adding to it without really any problem. It it's like, okay, where does it stop? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, well, you could just go in any direction. You could say if, if link was never born or, or whatever it, it, it is really weird. And it, it is cool to see all the, like you would really have to, you'd have to play all of these games, I think to really get the idea of the, the large broad picture of what's going on here. And that's part of the reason that I will never. It actually keeps me away from Zelda in a weird way because the mm-hmm. only other one I've played is Twilight Princess, and I I didn't even beat that or anything. I just feel like, no matter where I start, I'm just jumping in with no idea what the hell's going on. Right, and and in a way, you could do that with the games too because they they don't rely on anything that's happened you know prior for you to carry it carry it on story wise or anything like True. that, but. It's like, almost I wonder if they just would have kept them all standalone, you know, instead of trying to tie them all together. And, you know, it's just the lore of Zelda and it's just a unique experience every time, you know, something like that. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, but I think, you know, I think would be really cool. There's no way that it's the same problem they have when they I didn't do any, do any game of this type. But I think like a Zelda massively multiplayer Zelda inspired game would be awesome. It's just explore Hyrule in that setting. Because I think, you know, Hy- Hyrule, like the whole, you know, you have all your different temples 
which could be dungeons, and you have you know Castle Hyrule, you have all your towns, you have all this traveling merchants, you have all this, you have all this cool stuff. Exactly, all the, like the your your what are the, the Gorons, and I can't remember what's the aquatic race. I can't think of them off the top of my head. And you have bird people. Uh, highly, <laughs> yeah, you have all these different races and things like that. But what the problem is, though, it, the, what every MMO has, you know, oh, you're the chosen hero. Well, everyone's the chosen hero, you know. So yeah. it wouldn't quite. Couldn't quite work in that regards, but I'd just be cool to explore in that way. And I, I'm really hoping that that's what we get from this, the newest game in the series, whether it whether it be on Wii U or, or sure enough it comes to NX or not. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be really cool to explore Hyrule in another to a sharper degree than what we've, we've ever been able to up until this point. Um, I personally, I kind of keep I've tried to keep myself away from any of the NX rumor mill and speculation, but. Um, It'll be nice to see you know Nintendo you know release a powerful console. It's just a shame that they're going to release it you know equivalent to hardware that's out now, uh, two years, three years later. You know, <laughs> but ah, Zelda man, it's just I don't know if you've never played a game. Um, I think you kind of owe it to yourself to kind of pick one up. Um, personally, I'm you know I'm jumping into uh, Link Between Worlds right uh, this week, and you know I personally I. If you have never played one, I I could say you could easily start with Link to the Past, but I think Wind Waker is a really good entry as well. Um, I love that game, and that's kind of the one that like you either love it or you hate it, though. I feel like yeah. Well, everyone hated it when it first came out because you know there was a tech demo that they showed like an adult. It's gonna be super really realistic. awesome. Yeah, it was really <laughs> really great of Link fighting Ganon, and then they're like. Or Ganondorf, I should say, and they're like, "Oh, just kidding!" And you get this cel shaded, cartoony one instead, and everyone was like, "What the hell is this garbage?" And then now everyone looks back and like, "Oh my God, Wind Waker's the best!" But yeah, it is very polarizing. You either you either absolutely love it or they despise it with a burning passion. Why? Why do you think that Zelda is so successful? Um, I think because it was one of the first games to do what it did. You know, to give you like this adventure this overarching open world to kind of, well, not not fully open world, but this big overworld to explore, you know, and you had, you know, uh, there's this big lore behind it. And, and I think what appeals to a lot of people and what kind of carries it forward is, you know, you're not, you're not this strong, tough guy. In most of the cases, you're a kid, you know, you're yeah. just this, cho- this chosen youth who's on this quest. You're like the, the hero of legend and you're on this quest to save this, this kingdom and you, you you know gather the piece of the Triforce. You reassemble this legendary item that makes you this this hero, and then kind of like what you get from King Arthurian legend. You know this this powerful sword. You get this master sword that you know only can be wielded by the true hero, and you get that as well. And it just it makes you feel like you're taking part in this this you know epic story, or or even or even this you know masterful legend being passed down. And I just I think it succeeds in that, but just that it's successful in building a believable environment around that. Yeah, and I think it, it's interesting because you like everything that you mentioned is true and the thing that you didn't really the thing that you didn't mention which is interesting to me anyway is uh Link himself because he mm. really isn't I mean as being a positive he really isn't He's like the he's like the the typical non-talking 
hero. Like you think of Gordon mm-hmm. Freeman or something like that, but he was doing it in 1986 before it was cool. Right. Um, and it's funny because, um, one of the things that like with writing that, uh, I've heard about, especially with making video games is that you have to pick a certain, um, you can't have like a super detailed world with super detailed characters and, um, in some kind of crazy ass plot or whatever, you have to kind of pick and choose what you want. If you're going to have a crazy plot, you need easily recognizable characters and a world that makes sense. That isn't so deep that, you know, like Skyrim, for instance, if that plot was like super crazy, it would be difficult to keep all of that. It's just a lot of work. It's kind of like reading mm-hmm. a book where you don't know how to how to pronounce anybody's fake fantasy name. And you're just like, good Lord, I, I, I don't even want to read this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and, and it is interesting because like the stories are almost the same, but it's the content in between what's happening that makes it good. I think it's it's it, like it's a it's a hero against a bad guy. And all of that stuff is stuff that we've heard before. But from the aspect of it being a video game, that's the part that they got down really well. It's not just go here, kill the boss. There's these temples and they all have a different feel and there's different puzzles in them. And there's different aspects about the game that make things interesting and change up the the fairly standard formula, really. And I think that's why it, it makes it accessible no matter what age you are, because... Honestly, if you think, I mean, it seems like a game like this wouldn't be successful because it's not very um, gory. You know, it's not very adult, so to speak. It's it's very um, accessible, accessible to all ages. But I think that's one of the things that really keeps it um, going strong is that you really can just, like you said, start anywhere uh, at pretty much any age and enjoy it on some level. So... It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like a classic from that sense. It's a classic video game that you could point to and say if I even come close to this, then we're doing something right, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just got lasting appeal and it's done with in a, with a classy way, so. Yeah. I think uh, a good thing that you mentioned too is like what Zelda is always doing is it encourages you to, you know, if you don't want to, you're not Link. You can it always every game asks you to what's your name and you, yeah that's true you know put you, you can put yourself in and so I, cause I remember reading something a while back that you know it's like you know maybe link was never intended to be a character himself and he was simply called link because as a character he was the the player's link to the game world yeah you know and he was never never intended to be anything more than that you know he's always kind of supposed to be this blank sheet for you to be the hero you know mm-hmm. but that's pretty interesting just something yeah, something interesting to think about. Well, I feel good. I feel like we did uh, we did Zelda a real service here by by ranting about it for a good a good while. <laughs> I'm I feel I feel content with this conversation. Yes. Now, will you will you buy an an ocarina and wear it around your neck at all times and learn uh, all no. the songs? Okay. No, but I am tempted to buy one of those kind of Zelda Zelda hoodies that looks like a tunic. <laughs> Don't ask me why. 
I don't know if I'd ever wear it in public, but I do kind of want one. It's a nice shade of green. That's that's. It is. It's got the it's got the little shoulder pieces. It's got like the belt, and on the back, it's got a shield, a shield and master sword. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Probably like and eighty dollars. <laughs> probably, and I have to say, like the and, you know Zelda heavily inspires one of my. I'm, I'm not reading it as as regularly regularly as I'd like, but one of the web comics I still do frequently go back to is by. Uh, Tavis Maiden and it's uh, called Tenko Tenko King, and uh, it's definitely very Zelda inspired. Just not not just with the story, but like definitely with like the the look of it too. The the colors and the, the art style to me remind me a lot of. I always get like a Wind Waker Zelda vibe, so I think that's why I always liked it. Plus, I backed it on Kickstarter when you first started it. Um, Tavis was one of the guys from Strip Search. Oh yeah, yeah, that that so, sounded familiar. Yeah, so there you go. That is our. Zelda conversation. Lucas, yes. what is what's coming up on the next show that people need to be very aware of? Well, hey, if you like movies and you like people who talk about movies in a very unprofessional manner, then uh, you should check out our Netflixation for next week. It is a movie that I selected called Experimenter. It's biographical drama that Netflix described as such. The true story of Yale researcher Stanley Milgram's controversial psychological experiments that revealed disturbing truths about human behavior. So, Ooh. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, I didn't happen to see the runtime on that one, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be around two hours. I just have this feeling. I don't know that for sure, but uh, keep it in mind. I mean, it's a biographical drama. It can't be that short, right? It's got to be like, no. it's got to be long just because it's biographical. <laughs> it's drama. It's based on real life. We're going to make it two hours and you'll like it. But yeah, join join us, won't you, when we uh, talk about Experimenter next week on Netflixation. Yeah. Right here on this here so, show. Right here on this here show. So that means you've got, uh, you know, another week to watch the show. We'd love for you to, you know, A, you know, you can if you just want to say I didn't like it or I liked it. Simple as that, but we'd love to hear if you did watch it. We'd love to hear more thoughts on it. You can always um, hit us up on social media, but you know, send us an email too. Email the, the show at fluxtopose.com and send us a little your synopsis on the film or if any yes. time too you want to suggest um, something for us to watch for Netflixation, we'd be we'd love to do that. So yes. hit us up and we'll we'll work out a deal, a little arrangement. So experimenter next week. Yeah, seven days. Watch it. Seven days. That's a terrible. You sound like you sound like Brick from uh, uh, the Middle. I am not familiar. So, yeah, it's a sitcom. He's he's like the you'd recognize the actor that plays him, but for, he has one of his ticks is like anytime he lies or if it's a word that um, it has something to do with certain phrases. But like the other day, it was you know we watched we watched new episodes. Justin and I, but there were reruns are on it too, and he, he's like, Mom, I, I want to get these. I want to get some. What was he talking about? Like, is it a pair of shorts or, or no, or some band? I don't remember. Some something he wanted to get. It's like there's Super Mario, Super Mario. <laughs> he always oh. like looks down at his chest and repeats the word Super Mario. Yeah, well, like that. It's they really... are Super Mario, man. Like, how yeah. would you not want those, Lucas? Yeah, you you need them. You need them. But I need something else. I needed you to do something else for me because it's your favorite part of the show. Oh, the part what's that? You look that? forward to the most. And that is? Play that music and I will tell you. You mean this Oh, music? yes. That can only mean one thing, gang. It's time for the community grab bag. Grab bag, grab bag. 
This is the part of the show where you send us things and we will respond to them regardless of how ridiculous or crazy it'll make us seem. It's true. Or if you want to say bad things about the show, we'll share that on the time. Or if you want to say, this show's amazing, it changed my life, I'm telling all my friends to listen to it, mm. we'll say that on the show as well. Mm. Um, you know, we have uh, we had some recent iTunes reviews, so thank you to everyone that has given those. And let's begin with some questions. Starting off with The Married Geeks yes. on Twitter. Uh, that is the new uh, podcast slash website between uh, Rob Goddard and his wife Katie. Um, recording their second episode this week, I believe. So if you haven't listened, if you want to listen, you can jump on board right now. I enjoy it because it, it's cool. That it's interesting and fun to see like the dynamics of another like couple that you're similar to age to, and you get like that inside look. You know, so it's kind of <laughs> cool to get like the back and forth husband and wife perspective, similar to what happened like when Jessica was on the show with me. So I enjoy that. But so check them out. They're the married geeks. They're on all the all the things that you could listen to a podcast uh, podcast on. So let's begin. Flexibles, if you had complete creative control of a movie, what childhood cartoon would you choose to bring bring to the big screen? Ooh, that's a tough one. You want to know mine? Yes, I do. Brave Star. Brave Star. Yep, it's a cartoon from the what 80s. The it was uh, kind of sci-fi, futuristic. He oh was like, God, a, he's a, like sh- a he was a sh- he's like a sheriff. <laughs> A space sheriff, and he had a dog that was like a—I'm not a dog, sorry. His horse was like robotic, yeah, but bi- bipedal at the same time. He's the gayest-looking cowboy I've ever seen. Yeah, he I is. should say gay. He is very um, spangled, I guess. His his well, he, he's, he's white he's gold. 80s. Yes. I don't remember a whole lot about the story or anything about it anymore, but I think it would just be fun to bring that to life in in the movie form. That would be awesome. Okay. He is... Ooh, Thundercats would be good, too. His horse can go bipedal, and he's locking fists with it, and they're like, yeah, "Yeah, we just kicked some ass. (laughs) This is great. I need to watch this right now. Why is this not on Netflix? Gosh. Um, Yeah, freaking Thundercats would be a good one, or uh, oh, Skyhawk, I think. Skyhawks, I think that's what they were called. Let's see, Sky... Well, didn't they kind of try to do that with Thundercats? There was like a new version of the car- of the, the cartoon, I thought. And I think there were rumors something like that about uh, a movie or something like that. Voltron doesn't really count anymore because they're uh, that's coming back to Netflix, which I am really pumped about that. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what the what they were called. I want to say they're Skyhawks, but you have to answer the question, sir. I do. No procrastination. Yes. Well, it's interesting because you apparently watched really cool cartoons and I watched really stupid ones, <laughs> like ones that wouldn't really go for a movie that well, I think. Uh, maybe like Doug, but a real life action one, <laughs> like not a cartoon, but an actual like real life representation of Doug. And, you know, you got to get that mayonnaise patty. Patty mayonnaise, mayonnaise patty. Ugh, that just sounds oh, like gosh. a really gross hamburger. Um, yeah, it sounds bad. Yeah, that sounds awful. Uh, maybe like a, a Rocco's Modern Life, but in claymation. Ooh. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some more like action-oriented uh, things that aren't. See, because that's the thing. Like all the action-oriented shows that I watched were all like Marvel. Like Spider Man mm-hmm. and Batman stuff, so that that kind of doesn't really doesn't really help. So, uh, 
yeah, I was a really big like Nickelodeon kid, I guess. So, and a lot of that stuff has already been made into movies. Uh, how about like, right. um, uh, what was it? Street Sharks. Do you remember that or whatever the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was I remember called? Street Sharks. Uh, yep. So that was I one that, that was that, and maybe like Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, how about biker biker mice from Mars? That would be great because not only are they from Mars, but they're anthropomorphic mice. So with like weird sci-fi helmets and motorcycles and stuff. So it's like Sons of Anarchy meets uh, um, Mickey Mouse, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, just we're gonna quit while you're ahead. I wouldn't say that I'm ahead right now. <laughs> uh, moving on, Graham, good friend Graham, he has a two-part question. First, he, he said, was there some silence in the middle of the last episode, or was that just me? And yes, yes. there was. Yes, there was. There was. We uh, we had an incident where I, I had a phone call during the show, and we had removed all the que- all the conversation, but we didn't. We forgot to adjust the the gaps to get rid of that. So yeah. there was. Like when I was listening to it, too, I was like, "Oh my gosh, does my phone screw up?" And I think that's what everyone, <laughs> everyone would die at the same time. He's like, "What's wrong with my device?" But uh, we did catch that. We did release a fixed version. But for you, you eager people that can't get fuck suppose in your ears fast enough, you mm-hmm. you know you you already would have had it downloaded. So, but he did have a question also for this: uh, any games or movies you regret you regret getting or going to see? Ooh, gosh. Where to begin? <laughs> um, I've got a I've got a game I regret. Yeah, all points bulletin. <laughs> we both had that on the same list then. Because... And and uh, that other one I got by uh, Splash Damage. Um, Brink. Oh gosh, yeah, that one too. Because just they both cool ideas, but very poor execution. Yeah, I um. I I know one movie that I regret going to see, but it's not because Ooh, I know one. I know a movie too. Okay, it's not because I didn't necessarily enjoy it, but I really regretted the fact that I spent as much money on it as I did, and that was Tusk. Uh, oh, it's, I still uh, haven't watched that. Danette hated it, so that was partially why I regretted watching it because I pulled, yeah. I dragged her to that, and then she hated it so much that I had we had to like have a makeup movie for how bad that was that she got to pick out. I don't remember what that ended up being, but uh, I don't know. It it was just like, I was expecting a lot. And for something that came up on a podcast as an idea to make a movie, it was kind of more like a, can we do it and less of a, should we do it? <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I really wanted to, to believe mm-hmm. that it was all kind of tongue in cheek and, and it was, but it just, it just, didn't strike me in a it didn't strike my fancy i guess is what i should say so i kind of regret spending the money that i should have waited until the five dollar theaters or whatever what's the movie that you uh regret paying uh to see? the movie that i would regret seeing is uh it's actually more recent it was when uh we went with justice family and we saw into the woods not knowing that it was a musical yeah and being stuck in it and it was bad not our thing. We are not musical people. Now, is it like musical, like they mixed in some music every once in a while, or was it the musical where every five, like nobody can say anything without singing it? Uh, there would be like, you know, maybe 
one a couple minutes worth of dialogue, and then it's like, oh, I ha- why do I have dialogue when I can sing it to you? Yeah, I hate that. Ugh. And it just can't do it. Got to do your your research, man. I guess so. Especially nowadays so. when you're spending so much to even go see something, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a scary, it's a scary proposition to be stuck into something that you end up walking out of. <laughs> um, right. A game, a game for me, I think would probably be Ultima Online because it sucked so many oh. hours out of my formative years that it probably would be a better person right now if it wasn't for <laughs> that. So, yeah, that really. That really ate up a good chunk of my time. Staying up till four o'clock in the morning just to go to class at like six thirty, six forty-five. Oh, who am I kidding? Like seven fifteen, late, <laughs> showing up for school late, and every day, ugh, ugh, terrible. Yeah, that'll do it for you. That'll, that'll do, do it. it. Good question, Graham. Good question, Rob. Thank, Thank you. you for the submissions. Uh, that was from Twitter. So you, if you want to do that, make sure you follow the show at Flexdepose on the old Twitterverse, and you'll be you'll never miss our our crafty little snippets like that. Uh, now we're going over to Facebook. Yeah, we had responses on Facebook. I what? Think. What? Yeah, we have a Facebook for Flexdepose too. Uh, Facebook.com slash Flexdepose. Check it out. Uh, starting with Kevin Austin with the hype slash success of Netflix original Fuller House. What 80s slash 90s sitcom would you like to see resurrected? Hmm. You know what would be a fun one? What? Alf. <laughs> oh, man. What a weird show. Um... Hmm. But a sitcom from the eighties. I bet. Co- I bet the Cosby Show would do well again like uh, if they revamped it. You think not with Bill Cosby? Well, not it? with Bill. No, that's why I mean revamped <laughs> it. I guess you couldn't even call it the Cosby Show, but like, I still think it would do well if they. Uh... Yeah, that's unfortunate. I forget about that part. <laughs> um, the Simpsons. Oh wait, it's still on. Oh yeah, that's right. Would you call that a directing? Is that a sitcom though? I mean, I I, guess guess I I think of like real life when I think of sitcom. I don't know. That's that's too early for me to to uh, like. I wasn't really a sitcom person in the eighties and nineties. I was a cartoon kid because I was a kid. Perfect perfect strangers, cousin Balky. It's all lost. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand I'm gonna stand by my my original answer of Elf. I I I think think they could pull it off. I think they could pull it off on Netflix too. Yeah, I think so. Just like the, I mean, if, the morbid curiosity if, of it all. Right? I mean, yeah, if Muppets can get a, a new show, even though I don't think it's going to make it past the season of it. but I guess I'm more surprised that there is hype slash success for Fuller House. I, I, I have not heard anyone talk about it at all. Not in hmm. any, not in any, you know, sense of like, Hey, did you watch this? Ha ha! I did just for laughs yeah. or, or anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Is uh is the net watching Fuller House by chance? Is she into that at all? Or I bet she would be. But no, she's too. She's too. Uh, it's hard to get her to watch like new things. It's just difficult to take that chance. Well, I guess, the sometimes. whole selling point on that on Fuller House is the nostalgia for the original. Right. How about Saved by the Bell? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't think that Saved by the Bell, the new, new, new class. Yeah, no kidding. Didn't they like go to college at some point or something? Yeah, without Dustin Diamond and his porn. (sighs) Well, (laughs) Screech clearly made the show. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I think they should stay in the '80s slash '90s, and I think Fuller House, Full slash Fuller House, should have too. But 
You know, yeah. if you like that, that's fine too. Whatever. Hey, I can't it's stop getting, it. it's, it's getting, uh, people are talking about it. It's definitely bringing traffic to, to Facebook. So, I mean, to Facebook, to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yep. for the question, Kevin. Yeah. We'll send some more to PSVG for you. Uh, moving along, Red Pikeman, our good friend Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this, he meant this to go onto the show or if he just, because, you know, I shared the post and he just found, wanted to answer it. But I'm going to put it on here anyway. Oh, we'll be serious. Um, we can get serious yeah. for a second. How do you eliminate existential despair? And you got to help me here. What Ennui. is even that word? Ennui. Ennui. I uh, had to look it up because it's not uh, yeah, part of my I'm lexicon. not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I don't even know what it means. So educate me, please. It is um, the sense of uh, that one gets when uh, you lack any kind of satisfaction in what you're doing. You just okay. kind of have a lethargy and a boredom, a boredom with life. Just a general overall uh, feeling of of um, can't get no satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, I hmm. Like I said, I had to look it up because I'm dumb and don't use big words, even though that's actually kind of a small word if you think about it. It's only right. like five letters. Uh, well, see, okay. This kind of goes along with something that I've been experiencing lately, and that's uh, – kind of like a a reluctance to really do anything at night i find myself with like two to three hours of free time sometimes and a lot of the mm-hmm. time i just sit here and watch youtube videos and then i go oh i should probably go to bed and not really do anything constructive uh yeah for, for me i think it's important to one if i want to play a video game because what happens is i want to play a video game all day i'll look forward to it all day i used to do this in high school too and then I'll get home and I'll do anything but that. I will yeah. I will watch YouTube because it's easier, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I think it's important to actually set aside time to do the things that you enjoy. And if you still don't enjoy them, like for me, if I start up a game and actually start playing it, I usually will be okay with it. But sometimes it's just for whatever reason, I just don't feel like getting into it. But then I'll be glad I did. If mm-hmm. I'm not glad that I did, if I start something up and I'm just like, I quit out of it in five minutes. I say the other important thing is to try to do something different that you don't normally do. Uh, if you're bored with playing video games and and you've been playing them for months and you're just kind of going through it as almost like a chore, then um, do something different. It's difficult, but you know, if you're a writer and you need to get around to writing some stuff that you haven't uh you haven't been working on then put that time aside to work on those things and see if that helps. Because, um, one of the things that I have a bad tendency to do is as a creative person is to not create anything. And I think Mm. that, you know, eventually those any, it's just like anything else. If you work a lot, you don't have any downtime. If you have a lot of downtime, you don't have a lot of creativity, you know? So you need to really find a balance and figure out what's missing there and see if that helps at all. That's about as, that's about as much as I can get. Uh, what do you, yeah. what do you got? That's my, that's my well, very professional opinion. <laughs> well, my, my thought was too, is, you know, is you, you need an escape in a way. So it's good to have something that you can escape into that you enjoy so whether that be a game or maybe a book or if there's a movie, you know, something feel good too. Like, you know, we will have our, our go-to movies, but I know I, a lot of time I would say too is, you know, it's 
the camaraderie of of built upon long lasting friendships too. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if a game's not doing it for you, you know, just playing by yourself because maybe that's where you know the problem's coming from is you've got too much time on your hands with yourself. You know, so you need you need an experience with you know your friends. So you know, luckily, you know, we are more connected now than ever before possible. You know, yeah, so it's really easy true. to say you know even if we you know through the internet and things like that, it's so easy to hop in a conversation or hop into a game and play something with your, your buddies and, uh, you know, get out of your head for a while. Cause I think that's the biggest problem is when you're locked inside, when it's the stuff that we put ourselves through on our own, that's what really makes it, um, feel, feel worse. And the thing mm-hmm. to, to remember too, is no matter how much you think everyone has it together, there's other people out there that are going to be struggling with the same things too, or are struggling with things that they don't, uh, aren't going to admit. So just because you think people have it, you know, this perfect life or have something together on the outside, they have their own struggles and things they're dealing with on a daily basis that you don't know about. So True. take some take some solace in that too, just just because you know, on the outside it appears that everything's going for them. That's not always the case and your situation not to make light of your own situation, but you know, it's not the only not the only bad thing out there. Life is about making sure that other people think that you have it better than they do. I couldn't even get through that without laughing. Oh, that's that's what Facebook is, definitely. Yeah, no kidding. You know, not to get on a tangent, but that's part of the reason why I don't post on Twitter or Facebook a lot is because I can't help but feel like even talking about purchasing this car earlier in the show, like I don't. Even if I'm, that's not my intention, I still feel like that, like, hey, look at me. I bought something. Be happy for me. And thankfully, I don't get really any satisfaction out of that as far as I can tell. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a – it does really feel like that sometimes. And so it is kind of a if – if it's not politics on Facebook, it's uh, look at this new thing or look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's why I hired a lot of people. Yeah. It is, it's unfortunately a, everybody wants to be your friend because they want to see what you're doing and make sure that their life is just as shitty as yours is or vice versa Mm -hmm. or whatever. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I I hope that that helps. And, and just, just, I think we're saying just switch it up and maybe uh, spend some time with people. I know it's hard, but uh, I mean, it's easy to do online and thankfully him and I can Sometimes we'll play a game and really it's just the background that's going on as we talk and it kind of feels like hanging out even though it's sort of like the show does um, when we you and I do it. Uh, but just change it up. I think you need to – you're in a rut. You need to change it up. Go out and do something different. Go to a bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go watch a movie. Just do something different and make it, make it feel like it's worth that – it's worth it to step out the door. Make yourself worth it to step out the door because you deserve that stuff. Yeah, there you go. I like that. If that makes Solid sense. Solid <laughs> advice. It does. And then we'll wrap up on a this is interesting an important note because only Lucas Rose would ask a question to his own podcast on well, his own yeah. social media post. Mm-hmm. And he says, what I, I have a question. Does this look infected? Well, when you have body parts I- that you can't see... You gotta ask somebody else. Like, you didn't. You didn't post a picture of it. I don't know what part you're in reference to. It's a little. It's kind of private. I don't even know. I don't even know how to begin to answer that. It's then kind you of. You shouldn't even. Then you shouldn't even be bringing it on here. 
It's true. It's true. I'm sorry. All I can say is it itches a lot and it's oozing something. So that's all I can say. Yeah, I'm going to have your wife take a look at that. (laughs) She's, oh, come on. You know that anytime your wife has, has something that you need to look at, whether it's gross or not or whatever, you look at it. But if you have something, good Lord, you might as well be like Quasimodo because <laughs> they're just like, ah, God, get that away from me. You're gross. Why are men so gross? Oh, you stink. Get away. Mm. So true life. Well, there you go. True life. True. true well, life. you know what? I, I'm sure I'll still have this problem next time we see each other. I can just show you then. Okay, perfect. That'll work. Uh, question for you guys. In response, Ooh. you know, earlier in the show, I mentioned Droid Cam. Because um, you know Lucas and I, Lucas and I neither have our own cameras. We borrowed, I uh, borrowed one that we did our uh, live episode 100 in that like three people saw because I deleted the video. <laughs> um, but episode 100 was a video cast that no one got to enjoy. Uh, what are your thoughts? Would you want us to do an occasional quote unquote live stream show, uh, similar to like you you see other casts do? You know, we do a live show on Twitch or maybe I would consider YouTube again. But you know, with uh, each of us streaming from our respective Flux to Post Studios, and we'd uh, you know have a live portion of the show too. Yeah, I, I think occasionally it'd be something cool to do because we might uh, you know reach a new audience. But I think it'd be fun just to mix it up. I'm not saying I want to do every episode like that, right? But uh, maybe you know once a month or with, with some regular frequency. I don't know, but maybe if it was popular and it, you know, we enjoyed doing it, I would do do it every do every show that way as well. I don't know. It's just food for thought. So I'm just interested to hear feedback from all of you. So. Hit us up. Let us know what your thoughts are on uh, doing a video companion to the, the podcast. Sure, 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 absolutely, excellent. I, I'll, 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 I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes no difference to me whether or not you can see me picking my nose or hear picking my nose. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to see that in crystal clear HD, then, then yeah. It just watched me get older well, every other week. You know, it would also, if, if you're thinking about that, uh, think about it this way. It could bring a new dynamic to the show where we could actually show you something visually and not have That's to true. talk about it necessarily. So could do another impromptu battle of the beer or something like that. So think about it from that perspective as well. We would try to utilize it in a professional manner like we always do on like this we always do. show podcast there you go there you go folks that's gonna wrap up this episode of flux to pose Mm -hmm. uh check us out on youtube check us out on social media send us an email and watch that movie so you can do netflixation next week we want to hear from you until then guys have a great week and we will see you next time flux to pose is a copyright of flux to pose industries incorporated insignia Ram Sam Doodle Dang. It's a podcast that we make, and you can't copy it, or we will we'll hunt you down and kill you. That is all. <laughs>